You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 83 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's new with you? What's happening in the world of photography and Gina Militia world? <laughs> it's been today uh, yes. was a beautiful day in Melbourne. The sun came out for the first time in ages. So Stella and I went out on a road trip was fantastic very nice yeah yeah it was beautiful got my nails done Val oh good beautiful got my hair did your hair did (laughs) got my hair did and uh I'm feeling like I'm feeling almost put together I have a question for you about makeup it's a photography question actually yeah 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 because you are a photographer and you have to have your eye on the you know viewfinder for yeah. a lot. Do you wear eye makeup and or mascara? Yes. So doesn't it get all over the, the Sometimes. The <laughs> this is such a girly question. I know. So, so Sometimes for the men... I do notice that I do get uh, makeup on the back of the screen on the LCD. Yes. So I just wipe it off. And uh, in all honesty, uh, you start out looking put together and by the end of the day, you, the makeup's all gone, sort of soaked into the skin. But the mascara, you get a good mascara. It doesn't come off. Yeah, well, I mean, for the guys who are listening, sorry about this, but I know there are a lot of women, female photographers who are listening, so maybe you might find this interesting. But when you, Gina, when you, you know, look into the viewfinder, obviously <laughs> you're, you're doing yes. it with one particular eye, like your left eye or your right eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your right eye. Does the makeup just get come off more on that one? I've not ever noticed, but I'll tell you one thing that I do notice about all photographers in general that I know, they all have one eye Mm. that's slightly more open than the other. Right. They tend to have a slightly lazy eye, like one, yeah. So the one that I think, and I'm not sure which one it is, but definitely with me, if Mm. like I do a, a shot of myself, if I ever do a selfie, Val, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for those, oh, Gary, or for those rare moments, then one eye is um, slightly smaller than the other. But I've had no, not not ever noticed uh, the makeup thing, Val. What speaking, a thing to think of. Speaking of selfies, big shout out to Michael Go, who's in the podcast community, photographer in Western Australia, who has a huge double page spread in this weekend's Weekend Australian. Now, of, of, now Michael does that amazing nighttime photography oh of astronomy I mean you know of the stars and all of that from which you can get particularly in certain areas in Western Australia because it's uh, so dark well you know there isn't light from building
footings like, and stuff like, like that pollution, affecting yeah. affecting the photo. And um, for overseas listeners, the Weekend Australian is Australia's biggest news. It's the national newspaper, and the magazine that comes with it is um, highly regarded. It's like getting the New York Times magazine. And Michael Go, well done. That's awesome. That, that, yeah, his work is phenomenal. Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. Very proud of him. Yes. So let's move on to a listener question. We have one from Peter Foote. Now, Peter has said, uh, those that do commercial fashion stuff, <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you charge per image per hour or just a half or full day rate? Then that, that's an interesting question. So yes. before we move on to our topic for this week, let's um, see what you think about Peter's question. Yeah, and the topic for this week, Val, is how to make or find the best backgrounds for portrait shoots, which yes. I'm really excited to talk about. But let's get on to Peter's uh, question. Um, so, Peter, uh, there's lots of different ways that you can charge for uh, fashion stuff. And uh, the way that I do uh, my uh, quotes and I charge is I uh, charge by a half day or a full day. Um, if uh, and then I include in my uh, estimate uh, the uh, assistant. Uh, I will also add uh, studio hire, and then I actually also charge uh, files, and I charge per shot. And um, it's actually a hangover from the days of film, where when I used to shoot, I used to charge my hourly rate plus materials and that would be uh, the film I used per roll and the Polaroids I used per Polaroid because we used to take Polaroids to work out our exposure and yep. so that was the set rate that I would charge. When we flicked over to digital, I um, uh, the way I worked it out was there is no difference between uh, the digital files that I charge for and the film that I charge for. Uh, instead of uh, the cost being in terms of uh, a physical uh, material cost, the cost was uh, in my time in having to process those files. So uh, that that's why I charge for a file fee. So I basically charge per shot. Per then shot I'll... that's delivered, not per shot that was taken. Correct. No, so per shot delivered. So if I was doing, say, a fashion shoot for a uh, um, an advertising campaign where typically uh, a fashion shoot would be, say, eight to ten looks in a day. Now, one look would be an outfit in a certain location and then the model changes. We change locations, she changes outfit and we do another look, right? So mm -hmm. in that setup, I might do uh, 30 to 50 frames. That I classify as one shot. And out of those 30 to 50 frames that I take, I might um, hand over the best five to 10 files from that look, from right. that setup, okay? And so I charge per shot and then I um so per I'll, shot is really it's not quite set up yeah it's per setup yeah per yeah, setup okay. mm -hmm. um and then I charge uh retouching on top of that and then at the bottom of the invoice and so I'll come sorry with my, I'll just come back to retouching so does that mean retouching per setup or retouching per, per num file. number of images delivered per file yeah is that is that number of images delivered uh, per individual file. Okay. Yeah. So is that, um, is that per image? 
She's starting to sound like a client, Val. <laughs> <laughs> no, just trying to clarify it. I don't. Yeah, I... Per image, yeah. Okay. Per mm-hmm. single image. Per All right, pop. great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so that gives me my bottom line. Uh, so when I'm quoting, I'm really careful to uh, not add everything into the quote because uh, it can be overwhelming for clients. And the danger is if you're a photographer and the client is out there getting a quote off a number of photographers, they may end up comparing apples with oranges because you might be the photographer that includes Everything in your quote, the assistant, the studio hire, the files, the retouching, the hair and makeup, location scouting, travel, etc., etc., and you get this big fat figure and then another photographer actually only charges their day rate and that's what's on the quote and then adds everything else after the um you know, after the fact, then, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're obviously going to go with the cheaper one if they're looking at a price-based quotes. So at the... At, under the bottom line, under the, the actual figure, I will then say additional uh, costs and then I'll say each additional hour at so much per hour. You mean each additional hour over the half yes. day or full day? Yes, mm-hmm. and then I'll put my hourly rate. Each additional shot is this much per shot over and above the uh, shots that I've quoted for. And then um, I might even... Uh, Leave out retouching in the original quote and put it in the uh, in the extras. Whereas retouching is this much per hour or per shot. It depends on the uh, the job. Do you mean actually and, per image or per setup? Uh, per image, or I might charge per hour. It depends on the shot. Like if it's a commercial job, Val, mm. and it's a uh, high end beauty retouching advertising, I can't actually quote on per image because. I don't know what the model looks like. I don't know how involved the lighting mm. is. I don't know how difficult the setup is. So I don't want to um, underquote yes. and end up saying it's going to be this much. And then the the model ends up having like might might have more, you know flawed skin. We might be using a very hard lighting where we need to do more retouching. It might be really up close. Yes. So I tend to like cover myself and say it's this much per hour. Um, and then I'll also add pre-production uh, or location scouting. Yep. And that's generally at half half my hourly rate mm-hmm. I charge that. And then uh, the other cost will be travel to location. Um, so if it's uh, outside of uh, 15Ks from the mm-hmm. CBD, I'll charge travel. And um, that's at half my uh, hourly rate as well. And then you put petrol uh, in in there as well. And uh, there's uh, the tax department have a rate for that. Uh, it changes depending on the uh, the cost of petrol, but it's sure. usually about a dollar a litre. Sure. And so that's really really useful. So you itemise all of those things for yes. the client. So yes. my question with that is that if when it comes to retouching, do you actually provide provide all of the images already retouched? Uh, it depends on the client. So. Right. There's some clients that I've uh, I work with a lot. What 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 I'll do is uh, they know my work. They know what they get back. Uh, they know what the the files look like after they've been retouched. So I'll give them proofs, yep. which are the pretty much the raw files. And when I say raw, I never hand out files that are straight out of the back of the camera. Mm. They're tweaked. They will be adjusted. They'll have the contrast blacks. You know, they'll yep. they'll look 
basically the way I want them to look when they're finished. Just I won't do the skin retouching yeah, in right. those files. Then there's other clients that I won't give them um, any of the files unless I've retouched them. So yes, because like, it depends on the sophistication of the client, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I've like I learned that lesson uh, with one particular client who I was always uh, retouching their 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 photos before I handed them over, and I didn't realise that that that's what they thought they looked like. Oh. <laughs> uh, well known <laughs> person who then. <laughs> Got, got their files and I didn't retouch them this particular time and uh, she's, she was disappointed. She, I've given this 50% <laughs> narrowed down and uh, she was disappointed and uh, she said, well, the lighting wasn't that good this time. Right. And, uh, I didn't get the gig the next year mm. and it was simply because I didn't retouch the, the yes. files this time. So it's, 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 you know, meeting people's expectations and yeah. seeing people's expectations. All right, that's really, really useful and we'll also yeah. – Put that itemized list in the show notes, which you can find at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Now, we have another listener question, which I think is a really useful question. Now, Matt Zahn has asked this question, and he has said um, regarding group shots and cropping, mm. one of the rules of thumb is to not crop at a joint, you know, like an elbow or a knee or that sort of thing. What do it? Matt asks, what do you do when you are shooting a larger group photo, say more than ten people, and all of the people are of different heights? Hmm, what a good, good question! question. Yeah, very good question. I, I've never really thought of that. So, um, basically, uh, what I would do if I had ten people in the group, and generally when I'm doing big groups like that, I shoot full length. Right. Yeah. So that there's no cropping um, because it's very, very difficult because if you've got, you know, someone who's six foot six standing next to someone who's, you know, four foot, where, what do you do? You, you, someone is going to suffer and get cropped at like mid, mid waist or, you know, and, and so uh, generally when I'm doing a big group like that, I can't think of a time when I've ever cropped that sort of scenario. And like I'd either shoot 10 people as a lineup straight across, so 10 Mm. people all full length uh, standing next to each other, or I would uh, arrange that group so that it was staggered in sort of some some sort of uh, triangle um, kind of setup, like a 90210 or like, you know, have everyone at different heights and have some people sitting, some standing, uh, just so that the shot looks more dynamic. So there would never be a crop. If I had to, um, I would try and work out a way to even up the group so that if there was someone who was uh, really, really short, I'd try and uh, find something to prop them up, uh, make them a little bit higher and put them at the back of the group and uh, maybe try and bring the uh, the taller person down so that they were all a bit more evened out and then I would crop somewhere through mid-thigh or uh, through mid-chest if it was trying to be a tight shot. But very hard to crop 10 people yeah. um, like that in, in any way so that they look decent. I think mid-thigh would be the best kind of So Gina of is certainly a master at shooting group shots because she shoots so many cast photos, casts of movies and television shows and that sort of thing. And if you want to find out more about how to shoot great group shots and how to pose people so they look 
amazing. So they look like, you know, a group shot out of Vanity Fair. Check out the the posing course, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com, which, uh, where Gina goes is step-by-step process, not only of groups, it's also posing women and men and, and couples, but there's an entire module on posing groups, and it is so useful. I've certainly learned a lot from, you know, from Gina about posing groups. So let's move on to our topic for the week, which I, I like. It is how to make or find the best backgrounds for portrait shoots. Mm. And I like this because I reckon I'm actually quite good at it. Really, Belle? <laughs> All right, off you go. <laughs> but I learned from the master, didn't I? I learned from the master because we have shot many times together. And now I can't help it, but when I go somewhere, I think that would be a great shot for X, you know, of, and if I'm in someone's location or, you know, venue or office or, or warehouse or whatever, I instinctively know, don't shoot there, go there. But, you know, I'm not, that's not what I do every day. It's just a, an eye that I've developed um, thanks to working with you. So I'm, and that's something that, I've picked up over time, but it's not something you've ever explained to me. So I'm actually really interested to hear you break this down and see how you unpack this. So where do we start? All right. Well, um, just as a a way of introducing this topic, it is something that you need to uh, train and develop. And I really encourage uh, people to uh, add this to your five minutes of daily photography training. Uh, We've talked about this a lot in the last little while, Val, where um, great photographers, like people people tend to think, oh, it's something like you've either got it or you haven't, but it's definitely something that's totally trainable. So, and, and like, yes, uh, there are, uh, this is something that I'm thinking about a lot because I think it's going to be one of my next, uh, the topics of my next newsletter. There are people that are born with uh, that sort of that eye and a little bit of talent, right? It's just, it's born. They just happen to be able to do things like, you know, maybe have good, uh, like some, some elite athletes just are born being able to know how to kick a ball. But like to get to a really good level, you have to practice. And so, you know, great sportsmen and great artists are the ones that just like never stop training and they put that training in every day and certainly something like finding backgrounds is something that you need to uh, really spend time with and the more you do it, the more you start to recognize what what it makes a great background and what doesn't and um, I've noticed that in the last uh, couple of weeks Val, I've been working on a a really big uh, job at the moment uh, for a uh, like it's a lifestyle shoot exhibition and calendar right that I'm doing for a uh, a uh, retirement uh, uh, a company that specializes in uh, retirement villages right and they've got them all over the uh, all over Victoria and uh, we've also been filming uh, all these uh, um shoots for for the gold community which i'm really excited about but but one thing that's been happening at every location that we go to is uh the client that i'm dealing with will walk into the property and uh um they will see a certain background and uh then they will miss uh the other backgrounds that i see so we're both seeing different things Mm -hmm. and it's and i've had to like uh work hard at like because i'll say no i'm going to shoot this way 
and they'll look at me blankly like, but there's nothing there. That's like <laughs> quite ugly. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do something to it. Mm. And if I shoot it in a certain way, it's going to look fantastic. And for the first, because we've never worked together before. So for mm. the first few times, they were like really nervous mm. when I said, oh, this is going to be the best background. And they're kind of like, you can see them looking at each other going, why'd we get it? <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry. And then, I'd, and then I'd shoot and they're like, oh, wow, I never saw it in the first mm. place. So it really is something that you uh, need to just uh, – and once you find a certain background and you remember how that worked, you store it in your memory bank and mm. you know that when you come across something similar, wow, I can make that. I know what I can make out of this background. So yeah. it's not – it's looking beyond the obvious, Val. Yeah. So the first uh, – and, and with portraits, like, you know, the, if you're working in a – and I, I – I had to like learn how to make something from nothing because I was often like a lot of the shoots I would do, um, particularly with a lot of the uh, the actors that I was working with, would like they an actor would come to the studio and uh, like the network or the movie company that were commissioning me uh, need to get as many looks as possible mm. with this actor, and then we might we might if we're lucky we might get a whole day. Uh, or we might get a couple of hours, but what they want is like as many different options as possible so that when they're handing uh, the shots out to magazines and PR companies, they they can't, uh, it's not cool to give one magazine a certain look for a cover and then give another, their rival magazine, the same look. So Not cool at all. And as a journalist and editor of magazines, if that happens you are not thought well of and not given it as the same level of opportunity next time. Yeah, so the way we uh, change the looks is firstly, uh, really easily, you change what the model's wearing. But mm. you can't then just uh, have your model or, act or actor on a white background and, and um, you know, do 10 different looks where they're wearing, you know, leather pants in one, jeans in the other, a dress in the other. It, it's still not enough variety to just have the same background. So we sure. had to come up with like different ways to create different backgrounds. So um, if I was working inside, like uh, some of the things that have worked really well for me would be like to obviously the first shot you do is uh, like roll paper was big, uh, especially in the 80s and 90s oh, yes. where uh, and not so much now. I don't think I've used uh, a coloured roll paper for probably uh, at least uh, – five, six, seven years, Val. Mm -hmm. It used to be the big thing. That, that That's what we do. So we'd have red, then we'd go to blue, then we'd use yellow. I think I've got, I own every colour of the rainbow. So that was how we so used to So in case you're up. too young to know what Gina's <laughs> talking about, she's talking about having the roll of paper on, um, you know, suspended from some stands and that becomes the backdrop. So you roll it down so yeah. it's behind the person who you are shooting and often it's rolled onto the floor as well so you get a sort of cyclorama Seam kind of effect. Seamless. Yes. So, okay. yes, in case you're too young to, 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 to know what that means. This is before Photoshop. <laughs> this is before Photoshop. It's true because this is what we had to do. And yes. I'll tell you um, how much it's changed. I used to buy white roll paper like, and you'd get I, – I can't remember how many metres came in a roll, but, but they, they were really, really long. And what happens is when people dirtied the floor by standing on it yep. – 
cut it off and throw it away and roll yep. out a bit more, right? Mm -hmm. And I would be spending, and they were like about um, maybe $200 a roll. I was mm -hmm. buying about three rolls a month. Wow. I was using so much of it. Um, and there's a lot on those rolls. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah. so, so heavy. Yeah, so and I had to have every different colour, but uh, not so much anymore. In fact, rarely. I, I only use white roll paper when I go on location, when I have to do cast stuff uh, on location, if I have to do it at the network itself or like, you know, in a green room or something like that. So some great suggestions for backgrounds is to uh, use uh, objects in the background and to group like objects. Like you might have a, uh, a wall of retro suitcases behind someone mm. that makes a great background or lots of pictures or um, uh, a great one is like putting newspaper in a background and then mm. putting someone in front of it. Newspaper looks really good. You can do the same with uh, something like old records or uh, old posters. Um, so tell me how you would use newspaper in the background. What would you actually physically do with the newspaper? So if you've got a wall, like a plain wall, you get the newspaper and you just uh, paste it onto the wall. So you'd overlap it. You could do it in uh, like sort of all different angles. So it becomes kind of like the... newspaper wallpaper. Newspaper wallpaper, but, you know, you'd have it at like maybe not um, evenly yeah. lined up. You'd have it like all different angles, right? Sure. And then you just like, um, you know, stick it onto the wall and you'd shoot it a, like a wide open aperture so your background gets thrown out of focus. So you, you can see that it's newspaper in the background. It just makes a really striking looking background. Yeah. Um, uh, in a similar vein, you could also use uh, something like um, wallpaper and uh, like wallpaper works really well as a background because it gives you uh, like you can have different patterns and textures and it does make a really uh, cheap, like you can go to a, um, a wallpaper where they sell wallpaper and get offcuts like sort of end mm. rolls um, or just go into the bargain bin and get different ones. So there's all sorts of different motifs. It makes a really cool background actually. But with this, practically speaking, for listeners who are thinking, yeah, this is a great idea, do they just find a wall of their house and <laughs> wallpaper it? And what? So what you can do if, yeah. if you're if you're setting yourself up as a, a portrait photographer and you've either got a home studio or you've got a studio that you work in or you're going around and uh, photographing clients in their home and you just want to have that you know that extra look, what you can do is you can get yourself a bit of um, a ply board. Um, uh, you know, just thin sort of ply timber and yeah. get yourself like maybe two metres, a, a, a piece that will fit in your car that's portable and you could wallpaper one side mm. with one type of wallpaper and then wallpaper the other side with a different type and you could put that behind your model. So if you're photographing babies, mm. say, you could go and buy yourself, like you can get wallpaper that's just like pink roses. So yeah. say you were, I'm just giving an example, say you were going to photograph a newborn baby girl, you might want to have like a, a, a wall of uh, pink roses behind the baby if you want to have that soft sort of pastel look yeah. or if you want to go a bit, and then on the other side you might have a more 
modern sort of funky um, sort of hipster background, um, whatever that is, <laughs> um, you know, like a cool motive or something like that as, as a background. So there's there's a way that you could have something that's kind of portable. Um, what we used to have uh, at, at, at many of the studios and for a lot of the network shoots that I, that I did where we knew we had to get, say, you know um, – five or ten, you know, different looks of a day with everyone, like an entire cast, mm. we would get uh, the props department to, to make up like a three-metre by two-metre flats mm. where they would wallpaper, you know, um, one side with one type of wallpaper, another side with another sort type of wallpaper. We'd have stands and then all I'd have to do is bring in the different flat, have it to one side, shoot that side, flip it around, shoot mm. the other side. Mm -hmm. So the lighting always stays the same, but mm. you're completely changing the background. What a great Just idea. That, yeah, it, it really is handy. And, and like, uh, the thing when you're shooting portraits is, uh, like, you, you go through phases with your backgrounds. like and, mm. and then you'll get to the point where you've used a background to death. You've just done it too many times. Mm. So what you can do is either uh, swap it with another photographer. You might have another friend uh, who's also a portrait photographer and say, hey, do you want this background I've yeah. used to death? Great and, idea. Uh, I'll, I'll swap you for one of those. And, and it's maybe something that, you know, anyone who's uh, in the podcast community who, who lives nearby, why don't you start doing that? I think it's a good way to save money and, and sort of share resources around. That's such so, a great idea for all of yeah, the people who are in prop, the gold. Prop swap. Yeah, for all of you, for all of the people who are in the gold community, if you are living in a geographic area where you can do a prop swap, I think start a prop swap thread in the forums, and um, and uh, that is a brilliant way to go about it. Uh, and for those of you who aren't sure what the gold community is, it's an awesome dynamic community of hundreds of people that you'll find out you can find out more at ginamilitia.com and it's where all of us there's a whole heap of um, emerging and aspiring and established photographers who are in there sharing ideas asking questions Gina is in there all of the time and you get direct access to Gina only through the gold community so you can find out more at ginamilitia.com and click on Join the community. Hmm. So what else? Um, okay. So another really good one is, you know, um, you probably would have had these in your bedroom, Val, when you what? were a little teenage, Val. Yes. <laughs> you posted a photo of little Val the other day on your Insta that I – you, you complained that I don't look at your Insta. <laughs> you and um, Fresh Prince. Will Smith, yes. Will it wasn't, Smith. That wasn't little Val. That was I was little 36 Val. years old. <laughs> she looked about five. I was 36. I'm like, she looks about 16 there. You <laughs> honestly, you look about 16. So little Val, you probably don't look any different when you were 16. Uh, <laughs> so okay. wasn't that long ago. <laughs> probably not 16, but the little 12-year-old Val had those, you know, those uh, coloured uh, glass beads that hang from the door? Did you ever have those in your room? No, I wanted them, but uh, <laughs> no, I didn't have those coloured glass beads. I know what you're referring to. You know the however. ones? Yes. Really pretty. They make a great backdrop. So you get um, – I, I, I just went to like those places that I hate going to, Spotlight. Oh, the, yes. The, what are they uh, – what are they called? The, what's the 
big word for them, Val? That is it haberdashery? Oh you, yes. Go, is it haberdashery? Yes, haberdashery. Bird of the week, haberdashery. Um, you go to one of those places, um, and they're, they're generally about. They're not expensive, but you can get like pinks purples, all different colours. You can get them with st- where there's stars or like all different kinds and uh, you just uh, hang one of those between um, two stands mm. uh, so that it's uh, sort of uh, just, just hanging there and you can either shine a light on it or use it with daylight and, and throw them out of focus so you shoot mm. with a, a wide aperture they look fantastic. They as do a because even though they are actually really cheap, they're just cheap plastic. They look glamorous when they're they look used really as a glamorous. Yeah. Yes, so they make a great background, and you can also get other ones like for parties and things like that, where they might be gold or silver sort of um, uh, ribbony ones that yeah. hang down. They also, like gold and silver, very glamorous. I'm sure you'll be able background. to get them on eBay as well. They're, yeah. they're yeah, everywhere. They're just they're annoying. Really good. That for me, they were frustrating because if you don't put them away properly, they all get Tangled. knocked up. Yeah, yeah, so that's really frustrating. I used to end up having to break them and cut them. Yeah. Um, the other, so they make great backgrounds. The other thing is to get different coloured materials and like gold or silver lame. You've got beautiful gold lame shorts, haven't you, Val? <laughs> Not anymore. You're Kylie Minogue, or did you have pink, pink lame Kylie Minogue shorts? Your hot, hot pants. Did you they wear those when you interviewed the uh, Fresh Prince? No, I Will didn't. Smith? I was very no. professional. Were you? Yes. <laughs> Did uh, he, he smell me, nice? He, he looks like the guy that nice. would smell amazing. He smelled nice. And yeah. <laughs> I sat next to him for an hour talking to him oh. and he let me feel his bicep. <laughs> I'm glad you said bicep. <laughs> <laughs> how did, it, how did uh, Will Smith's bicep feel? His Will Smith's bicep felt very good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm reliving the moment now. <laughs> uh, let me just, uh, I've lost my uh, whole train of thought there, Val. <laughs> and he was so, delightful. Yeah, so he smells good and he has he uh, nice good. biceps. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, good on you, Val. Um, <laughs> so the other thing, uh, and this is a trick from uh, movie sets, is uh, strings of lights. Hanging down make beautiful, beautiful oh, yes. backgrounds. Like so fairy lights. Fairy lights mm. or if you want to go sort of more high end. And um, what I've noticed, I've actually bought myself a few of these, uh, the retro light globes have come oh, back yes. to vogue. Have you seen? And they're I marketing have. them as uh, retro and they charge 10 times the price. <laughs> yes. It's just hilarious. Yes. But but you've got the filament in them and everything. They just yes. look really beautiful. They but, do look But good. what you can do if you're a bit handy, so this is for the guys, the poor guys who had to listen to us banging on about makeup Excuse at the start me, of the show. Excuse me, girls can be handy too. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. So the chicks that are handy as well um, or anyone who happens to – have any sort of electrical knowledge, you're quick to jump on me about stuff like that, aren't you? Like, I was brought up by a Sicilian mother. I've got some of those, like, you know, I tend to have those gender, uh, what's the word, where I, I get them mixed up. Like, if you said doctor, the, a man comes into my mind and you would have yeah, a... Yeah, we've got to stop yeah. that, Gina. I know, it's shocking, but it's like... It's terrible. I, I'm trying to get, you know... You're and when digging you say, your hole deeper. 
I gotta just be Move quiet on. right now. Okay. So strings of light, you can um the ones where you um uh can you just have the bayonet and the, the light clicks in yes. and then you've got the cord that comes out. Like they're yes. they're reasonably cheap to buy. You can look out um for for sales for things like that. Like I just bought one for ten bucks with the cord and the light that hangs screws into the end. Right. Mm-hmm. If you c- start collecting a whole series of those, and uh, what you do is you hang them, uh, work out some sort of uh, way to hang them from the ceiling or in the background, and stagger the height. Yeah. And stagger the depth, Val. So, mm. like you see, when you see a lot of shows, like you know. Um, a, st- like a lot of reality shows where they're trying to dress a room and make it look fa- – MasterChef is one that you use them a lot. So they'd have – like you'd see when they do uh, interviews with contestants just as like a single yes. person head. You'd see all these beautiful lights in the background. Mm-hmm. That's how it's done. It's so simple and it adds like you've got these tungsten lights which are actually like a bit warm and they're thrown out of focus. You can uh, – the more you put in, you can sort of play around with bokeh and things like that and it looks incredible really simple and it's something to maybe like all this sort of stuff is stuff that you like start collecting um yes and just having in your kit and uh you know you might go through phases where you lose use it a lot but it's just great because you can create dress a room make something out of nothing yeah absolutely um, and another one on on that that light is uh, like uh, use uh, mesh wire or like we call it chicken wire in Australia, like um, where like that where you get that wire, it's like sort of uh, used for building and uh, things like that or for fencing, like but really lightweight, and mm-hmm. you can. Um, use that as your backdrop and uh, like suspend it, attach it to a wall or have it between two light stands and then fill that with uh, either fresh or fake flowers. What do you mean and fill it? You, uh, so, you, uh, so you've got this mesh that like be, might be uh, one centimetre square uh, holes in the mesh, right? And mm-hmm. so you've got the wire and then into the holes you'll put like uh, fresh flowers, like daisies or... Uh, like, like all crowded or... Even yeah, spaced apart, or what? Depending you... on how you wanted it to look, so you'd have right. like you, you could create like a a garden wall behind someone right. as a background, which would be really pretty. And then you could put a light behind that, so you could make it look like uh, you've shot someone against a wall of flowers, or you could have a like a wall of vines mm. that you that you like just pick like uh, pick off a, another tree, or you could have. Uh, autumn leaves or things like that and that looks makes a great background as well just something a bit different like that as a as a a set for a baby shoot would Mm. look really really pretty if you've got your own studio you can actually go to a like a nursery and buy beautiful trellises that are quite affordable for exactly this purpose and they're designed so that you just hang they're like not quite vertical gardens because you're not growing things but they're designed so you can just display flowers off off little you know vases or test tubes or that sort of thing hanging off them yeah, there you go, a trellis. So, um, you know, and that's something that you might be able to find in a garage sale. But, yeah, sort of uh, fencing wire as well is maybe a cheaper alternative as well. So there, there, there's some ideas of stuff that, like, you can make, sort of fabricate a background with stuff, mm. okay? Um, the next way that you can create uh, beautiful backgrounds for portrait shoots is using lighting valve. 
Mm. Um, and uh, the first uh, way I want to uh, talk about is something called a gobo. <laughs> Heard a that gobo. word before? Yeah. So it sounds like something your cat had cough up. <laughs> mm, my cat coughed up stuff last week. <laughs> Big gobo, but it's not. <laughs> gobo, it's just a fancy name for anything that's between the light source and the background that creates a shadow. So a gobo is just a word for something that cuts light back. So, mm-hmm. again, film and TV use these a lot to create interesting backgrounds. And what they are is they might be a template that goes in front of the light Mm-hmm. And then they project that onto the background. So often you might see uh, on, uh, say, uh, the the set of a, a, a TV dance show or something like that, the swirly colours in the blue in the background. Mm. They're created by gobos and uh, they just make really interesting backgrounds. And so, like... Imagine, like, have you ever walked into a room that's uh, got uh, sunlight streaming through uh, um, French windows or Venetian blinds and mm-hmm. you look onto the onto the wall and you might get the stripes of yes. the Venetian blind? How beautiful is that? Mm, great effect. But, but, like, you go into a room and you see that and, and if you're lucky, you might be able to shoot a portrait. Like, there was a studio that you and I used to shoot in in um, Sydney Vale mm-hmm. um, that was uh, at a certain time in the day, the light would stream through the windows and you would get the, uh, the, the windows reflected on the ground mm-hmm. on the studio floor, right? Mm-hmm. And then I could position my model in a certain spot, shoot them in a, at a certain angle, and I'd get the the... the the windows in the background, like on yep. the wall or on the floor, and it makes for a beautiful shot mm. for for twenty minutes of yeah. a particular day in the studio. So imagine if you could recreate that anywhere. So so let's just say you're shooting. Um, you've got like a beautiful empty room, and uh, you shoot your model in there. That can look good, but sometimes it looks a little bit flat. Mm. So using a gobo, you can cr- recreate the look of uh, sunlight streaming through Venetians mm. or sunlight streaming through a window or or branches uh, or, or, or sunlight streaming through, say, branches. Mm. Is uh, it like a stencil? Yes, it's exactly that. It's just right. a fancy name for a stencil <laughs> to control the lights. So, yes, you've just, like, broken it down. So... Um, you can buy gobos. You can buy them online. There's lots of companies that make them. The trick is that uh, you get the right size that fits your light, mm. okay? Um, so if you're using uh, a speed light, uh, the gobo would need to be uh, roughly uh, the same light, the same size as the speed light, as, as the light that's coming out of the speed light. And uh, the other thing to bear in mind is the distance the gobo is to the light is going to affect uh, how how strong uh, the how shadow defined is, the edges how are. defined the edges are. So mm. there's a bit of science in that. So yeah. uh, it's worth like if you want to um, try them out to, to play around with that. But there's a really – you can also get them custom-made valves. So like mm. if you wanted to, you could get a company valve to cut out a stencil that said the Valerie Koo. <laughs> on it and every shot that you ever took like when you're doing your selfies you you're giving you, people the wrong impression no, like you're telling not at me, all yes you not are now not people think all. i'm really vain and want to be like kim kardashian <laughs> they don't think, and i they don't, don't. <laughs> they don't think <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Gina isn't saying that you all don't think, Gina, <laughs> just to be clear. No, like I don't do selfies all the time. You're giving people no, a bad impression don't. of me. No, you don't. So anyone <laughs> who was taking a photo, like if you um, uh, were, were doing a shot of someone, you could get like say you were shooting for a certain company or an upcoming event and you wanted to be a bit fancy, you could get a custom-made uh, gobo with the logo. Yeah. You know, I mean, all of this can be done in post, in Photoshop, not as much fun as creating it with light. And basically, you could have uh, a person standing in front of a plain wall and you project their logo next to them or on someone's face. Mm. Like you could project a logo, you could do anything uh, in light. Or if you're doing uh, so, a theme like Christmas, you could have snowflakes on your gobos or you could doing a romance thing, you could have hearts or something. Yeah, all sorts of things like that. So you, they're, they're very easy. There's lots of companies that custom mm. make them, but it's more fun and we're all about MacGyver on this show. You can <laughs> DIY uh, just using mm. uh, black card and mm-hmm. or even cardboard. It doesn't have to be black. It's better when it's black because you get tend to get less uh, light spill yes. and uh, like a sharp knife, basically. I so, would suggest maybe a box cutter or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you could cut out like uh, French windows, or you could yes. get those fancy windows that have the arch at the top, and then the it'd the be like play school. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> what was the one where she looked through the the mirror and she said your name? Oh, it's that was Miss Helena on Romper Room. Romper Bumper Stomper Boo, Tell Me, Tell Me, Tell Me, Jim. Magic Mirror, Tell Me Today. Did all my friends have fun at play? Did you get your name called out? <laughs> never. I never got my name <laughs> called out. And I would wait. I would sit there going, she's going to say Gina today. I know, I know. And she only ever said Sally, Jane, Emma. Emma. My name was never yeah. called out. I have never. a lot of friends who were traumatised by that too. Mm. Um, so... Uh, you could also cut out trees and things like that. But then I was thinking and I was having a look uh, around my house and I noticed that I've got central heating and mm. the vents, the, the ducts that the heating comes out, mm. are little louves yes. that move, right? Yes. Now, if I set one of those up in front of my flash. Oh, and then you can move the louve up. Clever. Yes, and I can make that sort of window light, slatted light out yes. of one of those. Mm. And the other thing I was looking at is uh, I found like a, a Moroccan lantern, right? right, made of metal. And if, if I put a flash through that, I'd get all the little swirls that are oh, cut yes, out. Oh, yes, because the, yes. there's little patterns in the lantern. Yes. Mm, so um, you can actually go to those little $2 shops mm. and uh, – they have lots of that sort of stuff, really, really Very cheap. Very cheap. Very and so cheap. they're like um, $2 you get in fact. Of, <laughs> you get a lot of <laughs> no, no, I've been to those $2 shops and whenever I find something that's not $2, I want to complain. It's like $5 and I'm like, the sign is $2. You lied. That's false advertising. There are um, – Lots of those, they're like uh, oil burners mm. and uh, candle holders that are now like metal and yes. like press metal and cut out that have like amazing little patterns. Make They would make really cool little gobos. Mm, definitely. So, they, but they would have to go over a flash, not a big light. 
No, but if you can find one big enough, you could use continuous. So Gobo would work with continuous lighting as a background as well. So right. flash or continuous light. So no, I mean the little uh, candle holder things. They're not big enough to go over a, to go in front of a light. Well, they could go over your speed light. Yeah, that's right. That's so yeah, yeah, not yeah. over a big one. No, no, no. So, um, and then, the, you know, finally you can use black cardboard and cut out whatever shape you want or even like your initials if you wanted. The Valerie Koo would make <laughs> a great background for mm-hmm. something. So um, that's some really cool ways. Uh, we've talked about another really good background. We've talked about bokeh in the past. Yes. Um, so, and uh, you should definitely go back and listen to the episode on Bokar because I, I think as a background, they're awesome. Do you want to just yes. give a very brief explanation of what Bokar is for anyone who's new? So Bokeh is uh, the the out-of-focus background. So it's the swirls of uh, out-of-focus background. So basically of light. Of light. So if you've got bright objects far in the distance and you focus on your model who is as close as possible to your camera, the closer your model is to your camera and the further away your background is, the better the bokeh is going to be. And you shoot as wide open as possible. And I look for bright objects in the background and you get these beautiful, you can completely throw your whole background out of focus and and make a really interesting background. Looks beautiful. Um, And you can't tell what the actual objects are. You have no idea what the objects are. They they uh, give off a, just a really interesting and beautiful background. So they could be anything from street lights to fairy lights to lights in buildings to you know lanterns, whatever. Yes, and so um, uh, finally, I want to talk about uh, in- g- using gels, and this is something I've been doing a lot uh, the, the last couple of weeks. So basically, uh, photography gels are like coloured acetate sheets, right? And they you can create any colour using these gels. And basically, what is an they- acetate sheet? It's like um, uh, it's uh, like a plastic sheet, plastic sheeting, and they come in like all different thicknesses. Like, and uh, it, it's basically just uh, uh, like, and it's uh, the more expensive ones are, are actually uh, rated to convert uh, the color temperature. Mm-hmm. of a light so they were basically uh you know in the old days Val they were used uh like if we were shooting with tungsten light mm-hmm. uh like film crews would put like say a uh, a blue gel over a tungsten light to color correct it so that it would be the same color temperature as daylight yeah. so that if they were lighting um someone outside uh they could light them and there wouldn't be a color cast so, um, but you can also get different colours, reds, blues, purple, every colour under the rainbow uh, to create different effects and give uh, more depth and uh, mood to your shots. So, um, if you want a DIY, you, like, obviously you can buy them. Uh, Roscoe uh, makes some really good ones. I put some a link in the show notes to those. Um, but uh, if you just want to have a play around with uh, gels, you can uh, just go to a, a, a paper supply like a news agency or anywhere where wrapping paper is sold. Again, the $2 shop uh, where they, they, they sell a lot of this uh, c- cellophane. Yeah, cellophane. Uh, comes in all different colours, just uh, try experimenting with that. Or, you know, when you buy your chocolates, 
Yeah. And they're wrapped. Uh, some of them are wrapped in that that cellophane as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can you can use those, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they work really well. But and, they'll be all uh, crinkly. Yeah, but you just flatten them out, Val. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect. Um, it's not going to affect the shot. Okay. And um, so you can do some really cool things with these now. Um, Back in the day when I was using uh, the roll paper, another mm. thing I used to do to try and give uh, more interest and to not have to set up 20 different uh, roll papers, mm. different colours for my backgrounds, is I actually painted uh, one of the walls in my studio mid-grey. Okay, oh. so grey. And then what I would do is I would set up two lights mm-hmm. and uh, they would uh, – I would put a colored gel on each one and you would get, uh, I could change the background from gray to whatever color I wanted. Yeah. I could, so red, blue, green, yellow, any color. So basically uh, what you need is your background needs to be one and a half to two stops under your subject. And it really works best with a, a dark wall or, you know, a gray. If you've got a white wall, it can also be done, but you've got to make sure that your background again is two stop two three stops under your um main person so mm-hmm. you need to make sure that your person is well forward from your wall so that your main light isn't spilling onto your background because that's mm. going to wash out the effect so ideally if you've got a dark area you can light it using gels and you can get some uh, great colors and just coincidentally mm. uh as i was uh doing the show notes uh one of the listeners, I think it's Guillermo um, Photography, added a shot uh, into the uh, podcast community uh, of uh, a little boy where he lit his black background with mm-hmm. a blue gel and a red gel mm-hmm. and uh, used a bit of smoke and created just that effect. So I've actually added that to the uh, the show notes as well. So just to clarify, basically you have your subject, <coughs> then you have your grey wall behind them and your main light obviously is in front of your subject or wherever is lighting your subject and that does not have a gel on it. But then you have other lights which, are, which face the grey wall is that correct? And that yes. has the gel on it? On the grey wall, yes. And are, yes. They, are they typically behind the subject, like between the subject and the grey wall, but fa- but the lights are facing the grey wall? Yes. Right. Exactly, Belle. Great. Okay. That makes and, sense. Uh, Guelmo, Guelmi Corn. <laughs> You're oh, right there, I Gina. I yeah. forget it. Anyway, I'll put the name in the show notes and I've completely butchered it. I'm very sorry. Um so but basically there's a great shot of a young boy dressed in a superman outfit and on yeah. to the on the left um in the background a pinkish kind of gel has been used and um the on the right in the background a blue gel has been used when two very very different effects yes um and, and it looks awesome so um Working with complementary colours with your gels actually works really well. Um, and that's Guillaume Cornet. How much did I butcher that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and so that, like, it's just so effective and so you can create something out of nothing. And um, 
the uh, just this week uh, I was uh, working. We were up against it. The the light had gone. The sun had set, mm. and I had to photograph someone outside. And uh, we were had a, a bank of trees behind mm. in the park. So there was enough light that I could light with a. Um, I was using flash on the mm. model's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was enough light to see, but because green almost reads as black by the mm. camera, whenever you're shooting into anything black it just goes completely dark so uh in the show notes you've got a a shot there of uh rob my assistant he's standing in front of the uh the bank of uh trees uh which looks like it's a completely black background almost so so i've lit with my uh octobox and his face is there which uh, like you know as a portrait not bad but the Mm. background is completely dead what I've done then in the uh, shot underneath is just a little speed light and actually use the Yong Nuo speed light, put a uh, a warming gel over the, the speed light and oh. just um, backlit. Oh. And you get the look. It looks like sunlight it does streaming look like through the trees. Very really simple clever. and saved, saved the day with that shot. And Where was the speed light something. facing? The speed light is actually almost facing camera, so it's just off camera left, oh. uh, out of shot. Um, and I think uh, if I had have shot a little bit wider, I would have started to get flare, so it was almost pointing in towards the camera. So, And I could have controlled that. I could have added like a, a little um, um, a black a cutter in there to, to reduce any flare, but uh, it's just lit up the whole shot beautifully. But so how, does, doing how did a it lot. get the – how does it light up the trees? Because the background no longer looks like it's black. The background looks like there is sun shining on the trees. Because it's light, Val. We put light on the trees. So even so though – Lit the background at – so let's say uh, I'm shooting uh, Rob at f2.8 at, mm-hmm. uh, at 200 shutter speed of 200, my background would be uh, maybe F4 or F5.6, like a couple of stops brighter. So it looks like it's backlit. So even though the uh, speed light is actually facing almost into your camera. It's the... facing, but it's going through the trees as well, Val. It's going Sorry, through it's the trees. It's behind the trees. Yeah, oh, it's behind the, the trees. trees. Okay. Yeah, towards, back towards me. Yeah, yeah. Great so effect. It's, spilling. it's a great effect. So we've been doing that a lot uh, to just uh, warm up shots because the light in Melbourne at the moment is flat pea soup, uh, like dull, grey. There's no kick. It's really dull so this is what I've had to do uh to just um make my mm. shots look a little bit more interesting and give them that light lifestyle feel so Fantastic. um so, you know and uh you can also add smoke it adds uh, another uh, another dimension with the gels as well so uh look for ways that you can add uh color into the shot um because it really uh just takes the uh, the shot to another level. So um, an, another way, like the high fashion look for uh, studio uh, shots is to, like if you've got a white background, is to only light your model and let the background go and you get that beautiful silver grey look that you get in, um, you know, Vogue and, and uh, you know, the, the, those high-end fashion looks. That That's just a really simple one light on the model and let the background go. So if you don't light white, it becomes like a grey or a, a, a like a silver colour and that can like, make, look quite quite nice. So mm-hmm. doing things like...
like um, playing with shutter speed as well, Val, can uh, mm-hmm. do a lot for your background. So if you're shooting outside mm-hmm. and um, say you're shooting someone at uh, f5.6 with flash at, uh, at uh, a shutter speed of, uh, say, a 60th, mm-hmm. if you uh, were to uh, shoot at a slower shutter speed, say of a 15th of a second, um, given that you're shooting on tripod, you're going to brighten your background. Shutter speed controls the ambient light, so your your background will be lighter. If you shut down to one two hundredth of a second, you're going to make your background a lot darker, and that's going to change the mood and look of your background. So um, that's also something to think about. And a couple of others, I know we've run out of time. Um, you can do things like uh, green or blue screens if you want to move into uh, this this century we get on <laughs> so it's the the new way of using a uh, roll paper shoot to green screen cut the model out and put them wherever you want them to uh it works time quite consuming. well it's time consuming though and it's just nice to create it in camera and another really cool thing that there are some really great backgrounds out there are pre-made backgrounds so they're yes. like canvas backdrops mm. and they're printed with uh, amazing scenes, like you can get like the old school ones, or beach scenes and things yep. like that. But there's some really good ones. Or you can think about just going and shooting a couple of like whenever you're shooting a background, you might want to create that as a like a, a favorite backdrop that you can just uh, make into a canvas, put put behind someone. So and you could have like a sand wall or a texture. The trick wall. with that is to is is because these canvases work really well, can work really well if done correctly. And the trick with that obviously is to make sure that they are out of focus so we don't see the every little detail and you, you're shooting it so that um, they're enough in the background so that they're out of focus and it really really does look like they are at the beach yeah. it really looks like that particular location so they work really well if you can shoot them yeah. correctly uh, and just one more thing just like if you've got a background it's kind of interesting I like to do things like just just add a bit of uh, energy into the shot. Like uh, you, you might have someone with a forest behind them. Mm. Uh, just throwing something like um, autumn leaves into the frame mm. uh, can add a nice background. Now, what you can do is if you happen to it happens to be autumn, um, uh, like. Uh, and you collect lots of beautiful autumn leaves, just find a uh, – set up a white backdrop and just set your camera on a tripod, uh, focus on um, one leaf, right, just hold one in front of the camera sort of mm. midway about where you want them to do it, set your focus, lock it off, mm. and then um, take a number of frames where you throw the leaves in the air, take a shot do it again, take a shot, do it again, take a shot. And then you can actually cut all the leaves out of the shot and uh, create like uh, and merge them together and create like an overlay that you can put over your models so that you've got like like they've got that. And so this is actually something that I'm going to create for the gold community. Um, I'm doing one with uh, rose petals. Mm. And I've got one with autumn leaves. It's an overlay that that, that can uh, like – give your um uh portraits a little bit of like pizzazz i, I well, like the rose petal idea it's, it's like quite romantic and you can lay them in in any shot like for couples and things like that 
One of the things I love about Gina's ideas is that she often does think of these clever ways to bring movement into the shot. And uh, these ideas just come instinctively to Gina. And obviously the, the rose petals is one idea, the leaves is one idea. But a great example of that, and we've got a video in one of the tutorials in the Gold community, is when we were recently shooting at a recent television awards night, is that one of the celebrities had a flow dress that was ideal for the back of the dress to be flicked up and so that it would just catch the air as it came back down and it brought such incredible life to the shot and it became the money shot it was on it was in magazines and newspapers and all of that the next day but you had the you know, idea for someone just to stand behind and to flick up the back of the dress and then quickly get out of the shot but catch the moment as the back of the dress was coming down and it was the cracker of a shot. Really good. I did, I did that again last week with a dog, Val, wearing a with cape. With a dog? Yeah, with, with a dog. dog. I had to get my assistant to step in, flick the cape, step out. <laughs> it looks so good. The dog looks so good. So have a, a think about how you can bring movement and life into the shot. And if you are in the gold community, make sure you check out that tutorial because it's definitely worth having a look at. All right, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Now, um, while you have a think about hashtag Gina challenge, uh, uh -huh. I just wanted to remind everyone to um, make sure that if you are participating in hashtag Gina challenge, let us know by also including hashtag whatever the topic is. Um, and, you know, if, if you are new, every week we have a new challenge and we think of a different theme or a different topic and upload photos associated with that theme or topic. Now, the great thing is that you can interpret the theme or topic however you like you don't have to be literal about it um, and you can just decide whatever you want in terms of um, uh, how you interpret that photo and what photo you ultimately upload so what is hashtag Gina challenge for this week Gina check out my background <laughs> okay so it's hashtag Gina challenge hashtag check out my background said just like that <laughs> so we want to see some interesting backgrounds in your shots uh, now you can certainly connect with us on social media so we can see those things where do we find you online Gina so at G, uh, I'm at ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter and, yeah, in the gold community. Now that you've figured out Snapchat, does that mean you're on Snapchat? I've just worked out what I can do with Snapchat, Val. It's just like, so what's your give me name a break. on Snapchat? <laughs> oh, but I've never done anything. Okay. When, <laughs> when Gina Gina's... Militia on Snap, I'll do something with you. We're, we're going to hang out this week. So yes. um, I'm, I'll, go, I'll get uh, Snapchat lessons. I'll do behind so the scenes. I'll be doing all these selfies. I'll be doing behind <laughs> the scenes Snapchats of us hanging out this week because I'm going to Melbourne and we'll, get, we'll be spending a few days together. We might even do a Facebook Live uh, for those of you who um, are in the Facebook group. Uh, but yeah, make sure you do check out the Gold Community because most of what we will be doing will be for the Gold Community. You, and you can find me at 
Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Instagram and on Twitter. Just search for Valerie Koo on um, Facebook. And uh, yes, I'm intermittent on Snapchat, but <laughs> on the days when I do it, I get quite into it. And I am the Valerie Koo on Snapchat. And I know there's a few, there's a bunch of listeners who have already connected with me on that. Uh, but yes, we are now at the end of our episode. So what will you be doing apart from hanging out with me and paying out with me and telling me I take too many selfies, which I don't? Uh, <laughs> oh, don't get don't get all, you know, funny about it, Val. It's cool. Um, so yeah, so um, big shoot. I'm, I've actually uh, started using the Cam Ranger, which I talked about last week. Oh. And oh my God, I, I it's so good. So uh Got a big shoot tomorrow, which I will be using it for because I want to try and do um, portrait with uh, HDR as well, and this allows me to do it. But the, uh, just quickly, uh, my laptop ran out of battery on Friday at the, like the very last shot. Whipped out the Cam Ranger, had my uh, um, iPad sort of had to use it. I had no choice, mm. which is the best way. And so luckily I tested it. It worked beautifully. It was just so cool that almost the uh, laptop's going to become redundant. So wow. they're just the best. They're the best thing, Val. The best. We'll do a tutorial on that. I want to do yeah, a no, tutorial on that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So doing that, I've got a big TV shoot on Tuesday, like a big 14-hour shoot, and then I'll sort of – come to you a bit broken on Wednesday, Val, but we'll, we'll push through. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.